0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. One day before I travel to Cincinnati for this week for a contest against the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're going to talk about a worrisome injury report that the Bengals put out on Monday. It's an estimation of who would have or would not have practiced because they're just three days away from a game. I don't think the Bengals will have a real full on practice between now and Thursday night football. And that's just the way things go, man. I don't know if I've said this before in the podcast. I don't like Thursday night football at all i think that (laughs) the nfl should only ever do thursday night football after a bye week i think that it really contributes to some injury problems potentially around the league but that's also somewhat speculative before we get into the show today james what are we doing on wednesday night i um i can't remember
1: we're meeting with the best listeners on the planet if you haven't heard and by god i hope you have by now we're having An official meet and greet at the Blind Pig. It's on 3rd Street downtown, just a couple blocks from Paul Brown Stadium with Jake Lisko in town, along with Joe Goodberry, some other prominent Bengals figures like Bengal Jim, the commissioner. No, I'm not talking about Roger Goodell. Yeah, he's going to be there and a bunch of others. So show up because you might win Bengals Jags tickets or an autographed football or Maybe we could just drink, you know, some beers, have some cocktails together, and uh, and talk some Bengals. Because what better way to do that than uh, in person and uh, and at the Blind Pig on Wednesday night? Starting, see, I didn't even give a time yet. Starting at
0: seven o'clock. What if we did have Roger Goodell?
1: That would be. Uh, see, he, then we would definitely have to do a long extended Q and A, and I think he would get some booze.
0: Well, that that He'd is. That is tradition. Roger Goodell is present. One must boo. That is just the way of the world for Roger Goodell. Let's talk. In, instead,
1: let's, instead, we're having some chopped liver. Only one person will get that, but that's okay. Let's keep
0: uh, going. I think a few people will get it. A few people saw that tweet. Let's talk injury report, James. This is not good stuff. This is a little bit worrisome. And on the one hand, it's the Jaguars. And there are some trap game elements to this game. But Jacksonville is currently one of, if not the worst team in the NFL. They're bottom three for sure. Urban Meyer doesn't seem to know what he's doing yet, in parentheses. Not to offend the Ohio State aficionados too much, but it seems like a disaster down there. Trevor Lawrence hasn't really found his footing. Immensely talented, hasn't really figured it out yet. The offensive line is middling at best. They traded CJ Henderson on Monday. He didn't play in week three. So it's not like they lost any immediate snaps, but worth noting, they just traded a first rounder a year later, two years later for a third round pick. But the yeah, Bengals he, he was are, the
1: ninth pick in 2020. Yeah.
0: The Bengals. Yeah. So a year ago. So the Bengals though, are very injured coming into this game. Apparently, obviously Trey Wayne's still working his way back from that hamstring. He would have been limited if the Bengals had practice today, three days before the game. So that would be the Wednesday practice would would be, I think, what they're estimating. So Trey Wayne's would still be limited if they had a Wednesday practice today on Monday. Darius Phillips has a hand injury. He would have been limited. And Jadobe Abouzier would have been totally out of practice with the groin injury he suffered. He missed the rest of the game in Pittsburgh after that injury. So that's three corners which would leave the Bengals with, let's see, Eli Apple. Uh, Mike Hilton's in the slot still. And Jalen Davis is also a slot corner. And I that, that's it, right? That's all the corners on the 53-man roster?
1: Yeah, so you're talking Tony Brown.
0: Yeah, he's on if, the practice if, squad. So it would be Tony yeah, Brown
1: so
0: he, with no backup outside. And, and maybe yeah. they go sign somebody on a short hey. week, but... That's not good.
1: And, and I, It's not good. I, I would say this. I do think Waynes is going to play. Yes. I, I think what they thought is like, hey, we're not going to rush him back. This dude's missed 19 straight games. But even though he could probably play against Pittsburgh, let's suit him up three days later and Hopefully. get him a couple more practices. And, and so if Waynes is back out there, it helps some. But how rusty is he going to be in, in one of the Jags' strengths? At least they have two good receivers at at the top of that depth chart. I think DJ Chark's a good receiver. We saw him last year have a big game at Paul Brown Stadium, and we know what Marvin Jones can do firsthand. So you certainly need some depth in the secondary. And, you know, I I don't think Ouzier is going to play. You know, I would be shocked. You know, a groin injury on a short week. Yeah. Like we saw that with the Steelers. They had about 52 groin injuries, and not many of those guys played.
0: And something in Pittsburgh injuring football player groins and – Shinobi Awuzi, the latest victim. Also, non participants by estimation on yeah. Wednesday would have been Jesse Bates, yeah. T Higgins, Riley Reef, Xavier Suofilo. And Xavier Suofilo, I think, has probably at this point lost his starting job. We'll talk about Jackson Carmen in segment two because I re watched all of his snaps on the TV angle last night. Seems like he's won the job, but the other three guys. You know, I didn't think T. Higgins was going to be a multi-week thing. They, The way they talked about it, it sounded like there was a real chance. You know, they were giving him an opportunity to play on Sunday against Pittsburgh, and he didn't quite get there. He still would not have practiced, though, if they practiced today. Jesse Bates apparently dealing with a neck injury of some sort. He had a awkward hit late in that Pittsburgh game. He's a little bit slow to get up. You probably remember that. And Riley Reif left the game for a few snaps, came back in with the ankle, out of these injuries, I mean, what's your feeling? My feeling is that Riley Reef is probably going to be okay. And Jesse well, Bates yeah. should be okay, but mm-hmm. it's kind of in the air if you don't practice.
1: Yeah, look, I here's the problem with these estimations is it's an estimate, right? And they're not they didn't have practice. They didn't do anything. They're recovering, and yeah, Riley Reef might have spent a lot of the day Monday in the training room. Jesse Bates, the same thing. The the real indicator is going to be Tuesday when they practice, and I say that in quotes because they're not really practicing at all this week. It'll be a glorified walkthrough, but can Bates be limited? Will Reef be limited? And if so, that bodes well, and that's a a good indicator. Same thing with Higgins or Waynes or any of these guys, uh, Awuzie. um, Like I said, I'm confident with Waynes. The Bates thing does worry me because if you want this blueprint to – jacksonville winning the trap game it's when you don't have this amazing safety that hides some of your flaws in the secondary when your secondary is kind of beat up and you're missing your best corner which there's a good chance i think that that a is not out there um so so yeah to me that tuesday indicator is going to be huge i agree with you on reef the fact that he came back is a good sign he's a veteran we know what zach taylor does you know he's gonna (laughs) Give the veteran as many days as he can. I would not be shocked at off. He still plays Thursday and doesn't do anything this week, to be honest, because it's an ankle and you want him as healthy as possible. Uh, and if he's good to go, he's good to go. That being said, I thought T. Higgins had a shot to play Sunday, even after he was doubtful. And so the fact that Zach Taylor on, on Monday said, yeah, he's still dealing with some soreness. He went through an extensive workout Sunday. We'll see because there could be and you could make this argument hey try to get through the jags game then you have 10 days and t higgins could be really close if not back to 100 percent. if we just give him you know one more week i get that i also think that the offense obviously much better with t than without t so it's uh it's a delicate balance in how you're doing things. So we'll see which guys are able to participate on Tuesday. And I think that'll be a, a sign into which direction they're leaning with some of these guys for Thursday night.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the question, right, that you just brought up is, do we just try to get through this game and and just try to win it and, and try to get these guys that are kind of on the brink, an extra mini bye week worth of rest? That could be very tempting. Especially for the you know the groin, the hamstring, the ankle injuries, the knee injuries, you know, it, it just to me it wouldn't surprise me at all if if they go conservative and try to rest guys and say you know what we think we should be the better team, we should win in the trenches, we should win with Joe Burrow, we should be able to run with Joe Mixon, and we're gonna try to win the game without these guys, but. It is a lot of guys to be missing, particularly in one unit with all these guys in the secondary. And you don't like to see that many injuries pile up in the same spot. We saw it last year in the defensive interior and what a difference a year makes now with increased depth and health at that position. So you don't want to see that even for one week, but we'll keep an eye on it throughout the week. And we'll also have to keep an eye on Jackson Carmen, who apparently will be starting this week in place of Xavier Suofila. We'll talk about his game on Sunday against the Steelers coming up next.
1: Hey Bengals fans, we we've talked about this for a few weeks now, Get Upside. It's an incredible app that saves you money. And you can save up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Look, you're going from A to B just like me. I drive from my house to Paul Brown Stadium nearly daily, and if I could save a little money on gas, I'm going to do it. And that's why I went to the App Store on my iPhone, downloaded the Get Upside app, and you can do that or if you got an Android, go to Google play. And when you download the app, make sure you use promo code touchdown and you're going to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. It's free money. It's that simple. It's a free app. You download it and you save money at the pump. So do it right now. Go to the app store. you got your cell phone handy. I have mine right here. If you're looking on YouTube, if not, well picture me holding an iPhone XR because that's what I have right now until I upgrade to the next one. And Download the GetUpside app. Use promo code Touchdown to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Again, get upside, promo code touchdown.
0: The Cincinnati Bengals are one of the more favorited teams in week two, according to BetOnline.ag. Seven and a half point favorites at home, minus 330 on the money line. And well, BetOnline.ag, we talk about it all the time. The number one spot out there for all of your football action. This season, whether it's college ball, pro ball, they've got you covered with a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests that are designed for people like you, the number one source for everything football. They've even got a 100% welcome bonus right now. They will double your initial deposit just for signing up. Use promo code NFL100 to get that double on your initial deposit from football to basketball, boxing to MMA. They've got everything you need to take advantage of all of their amazing offers in the 2021 season. So go check them out at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, James, let's talk Jackson Carmen. I watched all of his snaps again yesterday. I thought he was actually pretty good for his first game. Most of his snaps came against Chris Wormley, the Steelers backup defensive tackle playing, I think in place of Stefan Tuitt, who Obviously missed the game. He's on the IR. Maybe had one taste of Cam Hayward, who is generally a right-side player. Cam Hayward got a lot of one-on-ones against Trey Hopkins. Got some work against Quentin Spain. Even got some work against Jonah Williams. They put him at right end on uh, the, let's see, second. I believe second Jamar Chase touchdown featured uh, a five-man rush against a five-man protection, a stunt, and Cam Hayward at right end. But here's my summary. My, my summary takeaways from Jackson Carmen's game one. James, you and I talked about this. We weren't sure he was going to continue to signal the snap. We noticed that Xavier Stuafila was working with Trey Hopkins, Joe Burrow on the silent count, and Jackson Carmen did do that job. And there were no real issues getting snaps uh, snapped in a timely fashion. And a few of those were right down to the wire. So Jackson Carmen did a fine job with that. And that is kind of a baseline responsibility, but just worth noting, that was something that we weren't sure they were going to give him that responsibility. And and they did. I thought personally, I thought he had more wins than losses on the day and, and pro football focus didn't agree with this. He was graded fine as a pass blocker. And my impression is that he was mostly fine as a pass blocker. He had the mental error early in the game, giving up a free rusher, just going to help with Riley reef, abandoning, abandoning his gap, A little bit sooner than I think he should have. But in the run game, I honestly thought he was like at least even, if not positive. And PFF killed him in the run game. And maybe it's because of this next observation. He was on the ground a bit more than you'd like him to be, getting tripped up by traffic behind him, losing his balance, not necessarily sustaining blocks all the way through, getting, you know, initial blocks on guys and then missing. There were a couple plays where you know he he whiffed on a trap play, was responsible for a Samaj P. Ryan tackle for loss, absolutely blew up the play single-handedly. He missed on a Joe Mixon run when the Bengals went heavy. They put Auden Tate and the extra lineman on the field. Auden Tate was called for an illegal formation, covering up the tackle on this play, so it didn't count, but he almost gave up a tackle for loss on this play. Joe Mixon evades the tackle in the backfield. Generally speaking, though, I thought he was pretty good in the outside zone scheme. His athleticism showed his strength showed the potential is clearly there from a physical tools perspective. And there weren't really a ton of mental mistakes in my opinion. And and even the technique I, I didn't think was, you know, awful for, for first game in the NFL. I liked his awareness and pass protection. You could see his head on a swivel on numerous snaps when nobody came and engaged him directly. He was Watching Riley Reef on his right side, he was watching uh, Trey Hopkins on his left side and having that awareness, maintaining his level in pass protection, I thought was pretty good. So at a high level, I thought it was a really promising first start for Jackson Carmen. Again, he wasn't tested a ton. The Bengals only had like 18 dropbacks and a handful of those, the Steelers rushed nobody at Jackson Carmen and he was looking for somebody to block. But that aside... I thought he showed a lot of good things and had a, a promising first start, but his PFF grade was uh, miserable. So I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to go back and watch the running plays again on all 22 from the end zone angle, but I thought it was a promising start.
1: Yeah. And that's fair. And look, it's, and I know, you know, this, but just to you know reiterate it, like PFF is one metric. And so Jackson, Carmen, yeah, was he an A plus plus like just lights out type? No, not necessarily. But I agree. With you. I don't think it was a fail. And if you you, you get a thirty overall, well, that, my Cincinnati math tells me that that would be a fail. And and you know, the way they grade is is usually like the one miss. It's just so heavy, especially you know it, it, it it's so heavily weighted because there's only eighteen pass blocking snaps. Well, and right? his pass blocking and, or,
0: grade was even okay. It's just like you, you well, have yeah, on a couple in
1: his 50s or 60s, yeah.
0: 60 something like it was one of the higher pass blocking grades on the team. But when you miss a couple run plays, I mentioned he blew up one run play entirely and he yeah. had another where he loses his guy and he's on the ground a few other times. Like if you have that, and you don't have like really big positive plays on the other side. That's how it ends up happening because small sample size stuff. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And that's why, you know, there's probably at some point we need to have some PFF grade discourse and how to use it. But continue with your point.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's the thing is it's a tool, it's not the tool. And so when it comes to Carmen, I think there's plenty to be optimistic about. And he talked on Monday, and he clearly is a guy that knows there's a lot that he can improve on and get better at. And that's what I like, because I don't want him to feel like he's arrived. And that may go without saying, but you're talking about a hometown kid. Who knows that the Bengals have gotten their, for the second straight throw in a row, I'm going to say it, ass, gotten their asses kicked, uh, you know, recently against the Steelers, specifically over the past five years. And he's uh, making his first start at Heinz Field, and he's a big reason why, at least a reason why, they didn't allow a sack. And, and snap that Steeler streak. Like it, it would be very easy to feel that way. And I, I don't think he does. And you hope he could continue to build on that and play well against Jacksonville. Because to me, I don't think he's fully earned that starting job yet. And Xavier Sofilo, I would be surprised if he's active uh, this week. To me, it's more can Jackson earn it and not just do it once, like you said, because he wasn't facing you know, uh, starting level guys through most of the game and sometimes didn't have anybody to block and she could just go pick and choose. C- can, can he do it consistently? And I think that's the key. And so how does he respond to this? Hopefully it's well. It sounded like it when, uh, w- when he was talking with the media that he had the right mindset. And that's going to be the key for me. But uh, certainly a, a positive performance, I think. Because going into it, I, I, we talked about it right here on Locked on Bengals. It was just don't kill them. Just don't be the reason why the offensive line isn't getting pushed or isn't protecting Burrow. And he certainly did his part to, to keep nine upright and open host for Mixon, I thought.
0: Yeah. And it's worth noting like the offensive line wasn't exposed very much against Pittsburgh. Burrow had the second fastest time to throw in week two. Only guy faster than him was Ben Mothelsberger, whose passing game consisted of. You mean week three? Week three. I do. Uh, Only one faster was Ben Roethlisberger, whose game plan consisted of checking the ball down in the flat to Najee Harris on 4th and ten. So uh, I I think that there was a concerted effort to protect the offensive line, and Joe Burrow didn't pass the ball very much. 18 dropbacks, 19 dropbacks. uh, Not a lot asked of the offensive line when the ball is coming out that quickly. However, also worth noting on that play that I talked about at the top of the segment when Cam Hayward was at right end, Joe Mm -hmm. Burrow had an eternity to throw. I mean, it was a perfect pocket, got to his fifth read. That is a very, very promising pass protection snap. So if you want the full detailed notes on Jackson Carman's game, I did tweet them. My uh, notepad, line-by-line, snap-by-snap notes are there. And coming up next, James, let's talk about the trap game potential of Week 4. And a little bit of what some concerns might be, even though the Bengals are getting off to a 2 and one start here.
1: This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Fall is officially here, which means the last thing you want to do is be dealing with some kind of car maintenance this winter when it's cold, when there's ice, when there's sleep. That means you got to get the car maintenance done now and you can save money, you can save time if you're one of those do-it-yourselfers, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're not that comfortable doing a bunch of stuff to your car, which I understand. I was there once and I'm still not the handiest guy in the world, but something as simple as uh, an air filter or changing your oil, you can learn that on YouTube, which hopefully you subscribe to Locked On Bengals on YouTube, and then order the parts and save money from rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts, and it's not just the basic stuff. You need a fuel pump, Rock is gonna have it, whether you drive a Honda, a Daewoo, a Kia, a Corvette, they got it they're a family business they've been in the in the in the business for more than two decades so check them out at rockauto.com see all the parts available for your car chuck be sure to write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com
0: After you get your car all fixed up with your Rock Auto Auto Parts, make sure you go down to Rivertown Inquiry and Apparel, the t-shirt and, well, other products, not just t-shirts, but they've got products for you that are Cincinnati-based. We've been talking about them for weeks. James has showed you how cool one of the shirts is. It's going to be one of my first stops. James is going to fix his Corolla. He's going to replace the air filter. He's going to come pick me up at CVG on Tuesday night. We're going to get some wings, and then Wednesday, we're going to head over to Rivertown Inquiry and Apparel, and I'm going to get myself a sweet Cincinnati-made shirt. They're going to be probably the best shirts you've ever owned. They're going to be soft. They're going to fit you perfectly. They're going to be perfect for watching the game on your couch or tailgating at one of the many great Cincinnati tailgates I'm excited to get some exposure to. You can shop online today at rivertowninquiry.com or visit the retail shop in Oakley at 3096 Madison Road. They're open Tuesday to Friday from 10 to 6, 10 to 5 Saturday, 11 to 4 Sunday. So stop wasting shirts that'll be dated or dingy by the end of the season. Go to Rivertown Inquiry and Apparel and buy something you'll love wearing season after season. I know I will. You can shop online with code LOCKEDON10 to save 10% off your order or go visit the store in Oakley. Tuesday to Sunday. All right, James, let's talk about this Thursday night matchup, shall we? I I talked about this at the top of the show. I hate Thursday night football. This is a matchup (laughs) where on paper the, the Bengals are and should be heavy favorites. The Jacksonville Jaguars look like they're not ready to play NFL football. They're ready to face Alabama every week. And, uh, that's a, that's a quote from urban Meyer. I believe he's, he's preparing his team to face a college football opponent because no, that's no, what no, no.
1: He, he said, it's like facing Alabama every week. Like everybody's great men. Yeah,
0: no, I know. But I was making a joke about how he's bad at coaching in the NFL because he's a college football coach. Anyway, that's for, for fine. The
1: second straight show. I didn't get one of your jokes. So yeah. we need to get on the same page right now. I mean, you know, geez like, oh.
0: You're you're not the only one. Sometimes my jokes are just a little too deadpan. And, and people people take them a little too seriously. Look, the point is Jacksonville's bad. And the other point is anything can happen on Thursday night football. And with the injuries the way they are, and the way the team reacted to week one, and, and this is probably reading too much into it, right? But, you know, they're talking about, you know, there's some guys a little hungover in that locker room right now were, were the comments on Monday, right? Like they went out and partied. No time to party this week. and And they lost to a Bears team that, you know, doesn't look good, let's say. they I mean, they just got smacked by the Browns. Justin Fields, the better quarterback that James and I were talking about as an X factor in that game, got sacked nine and a half times because he doesn't look ready to play NFL football. And Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense went over 400 yards. And so, you know, I'm not convinced the Bears are very good and the Bengals got embarrassed in that game. They, they couldn't figure it out until it was too late. Can't respond that way this week after a win, after a big win, on a short week. And some of the Bengals players talked about how hard it is to come off a short week in an emotional win and keep up that level.
1: Yeah, you know, from Mike Hilton, he said how tough it was. And we know how much it meant to him to go into Pittsburgh and beat his former team, a team that obviously, well, you know, if they would offer them the same deal that the Bengals did or something similar, he'd probably still be in Pittsburgh. So I think there was, you know, some motivation there. Uh, to handle uh, things against his former team. And so now you got to bounce back and handle the success. And from Zach Taylor on down, they have to learn that. Uh, Let me go back to the the Minnesota game, right? So they go into overtime. It's a hot day, 10-minute overtime, plays down to the wire, huge win. Oh, my gosh, it's so great. The Bengals win. Well, guess what Zach did on that Wednesday? Walkthrough. And and it was just a walkthrough. And you think – most teams are going through a walkthrough. And he said it was, well, we, we played the extra quarter and stuff. Looking back, I bet he would have changed that because you need to stay dialed in. And in this week, it's even tougher because everything is a glorified walkthrough. They're not having real practices. And, and they're just basically going to install the game plan and suit up on Thursday. So how do they respond? We know they're more talented, right? We, we do. But... The X Factor this week isn't Justin Fields. It's a quick week. It's against a team that is going to be, honestly, pissed off that it's 0-3. Whether they're talented or not, they're going to want to show everybody that they aren't this 0-3 team. And, by the way, they had zero um, not you know, injuries where, where the guys weren't participating. So they're healthier than the Bengals are at this stage. So, look, I'm not saying that the, the Bengals shouldn't win this game. Of course they should but it, it might be uh, if they're not mentally in it and they're already looking past the Jacksonville Jaguars and maybe thinking about a Ron and, and the Packers in week five. Well, that's exactly the type of disaster you need to avoid a primetime game in front of the home crowd following that win. You need to keep it going. And, and that means being focused and dialed in here over the next couple of days ahead of Thursday.
0: Luckily, James, we no longer have primetime Andy Dalton quarterbacking the Cincinnati Bengals to cover.
1: I think that matters. And, and you know, the other thing And we're not going to have a ton of time to cover it this week. You can't tell me and Burroughs downplayed it, but going up against urban Meyer, the guy who oh, did yeah. not start him, that, that matters going up against <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. It does going up against Trevor Lawrence, the guy that, yeah, he beat in the national championship game, but most pundits said, Hey, Lawrence is the better prospect than Burrow." two things there where I, is it going to like fuel him or something? No, but I think he would certainly want to stick it to Urban a little bit, even though they're good friends and they talk, and Urban picked his Joe Burrow's brain about how he needs to groom Trevor Lawrence, all of those things. I get it, but come on, man. You're telling me you don't want to almost stick it to the guy that never put you in as quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes? Of course you do, and uh, that starts with uh, a good week of practice here, a good week of preparation ahead of Thursday night's game.
0: At the very least, you want to show the guy, hey, look what I did. Hey, look what I'm doing to you, right? Like Joe Burrow, where's that oh, Michael yeah. Jordan? Like, and I took that personal. Like, we we need yep. that. Uh, like, we can we make that as a video? Is that copyright infringement? If, we, if we no, <laughs> we can do
1: that. Absolutely, place that. That's going viral.
0: We'll we'll yeah. start doing some. Uh, we'll start doing some soundboard stuff. And I took that personal. Like that's that's Joe Burrow, this week, yeah. right? And you know, to be fair, Trevor Lawrence. Well, he's he's self admittedly, you know, not the kind of guy that needs to motivate himself that way by getting a chip on his shoulder. Like he's still a competitive football player. He still wants to win. He was still, you know, by many, seemed to be a better prospect than Joe Burrow, who by many is seen to not even be the best quarterback from his draft class anymore. So you talk about chips on shoulders. If you win <laughs> football games by accumulating more chips on your shoulder than the other guys, I think Joe Burrow single-handedly might uh, take on Jacksonville in the chip on shoulder contest.
1: Yeah, it it matters. It does. And he, again, he's going to downplay it. He did on Sunday. He's going to get asked about it again on Tuesday, but I would have a chip on my shoulder. I know if I had to go to another town, I've actually had to do that. And you better believe that you go to that town. When I went to Cleveland, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't get this opportunity in Cincinnati. I'm going to show them. Like, you just have that. You do. Like, that's that's a natural thing. So, uh, I think obviously he did that at LSU. The the next step to it is to having success in the NFL. And, and what better way to do that than to beat up on Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jaguars and and make them zero and four, right? You know, at least as of now, I think it could be a competitive game, at least early. And it's going to be up to the Bengals to get off to a, a quick start against a bad team.
0: Just got to execute. Just got to play good football. The the Jaguars don't have anybody that really scares you on their team. What, what scares you about this game is the injuries in the secondary for the Bengals. We will have plenty of time to get into it. We're going to have a crossover episode coming up. We're going to have our film review episode tomorrow with Bengal Sands. I'll be on a plane, James. Can you... Can you hold it down without me?
1: Oh, come on now. Of course I can hold it down without you. But the good news is, is I'm picking you up from CVG. Why? So we can go to the blind pick on Wednesday night at 7. Be there. Wear your Bengals gear and get ready because you might be able to see Joe Burrow and the Bengals take on Urban Meyer, Trevor Trevor Lawrence, Mm -hmm. and the Jaguars, even if you don't have tickets because we're giving them away at the blind pick on Wednesday night.
0: You have me going. I thought you booked Joe Burrow as a guest there for a second when you said you could see Joe Burrow and then you continued with the tickets thing. Yeah. Come win some tickets or football or just come meet us. Come have a drink.
1: I'll call Joe and let him come through.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. Hit him up. Never know. Going to have a lot of people out. It's going to be a good time. Excited to see some people in person. Excited to attend the game. I'll be in, what, 154 with the rest of the out-of-towners and hoping to see some people and... Contribute to a very, very loud Paul Brown Stadium on Thursday night. Until next time, Bengals fans, when Bengals fans, Mike will join James for a film breakdown episode. day, and have a good one.